0: Hey, friends, and welcome to the Johnson City Living Podcast, where we learn about the people, places, events, and flavors that make Johnson City a lovely place to live. It is a beautiful spring day here in Johnson City, Tennessee. I am here with a good friend of mine. He is a local pastor, an amazing um, husband and dad and friend, and um, his name is Maddie Montgomery. Welcome to the podcast, Maddie. Hey, Colin. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and so um, First of all, what is your favorite thing about Johnson City right off the bat? Oh, my favorite thing about Johnson City. So many to choose from. There really are. I mean, besides doing (laughs) podcasts with me, obviously. Of course.
1: You know, I I said for a long time uh, that I I think one of my favorite things for sure is that we are far enough north to have seasons. Yes. But we're far enough south that the people are
0: still nice. (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it well and that's what a lot of people say they're like you know the people here are amazing so i think that's probably number one for me too and then the seasons are it's a lot of fun except if you hate the winter like i'm not a big cold guy i don't like i I freeze well
1: thankfully you don't have to
0: deal with too much of it you know that's true it's only like three or four months it's not too big a deal yeah 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 it could be a lot worse we could be in like michigan or somewhere (sighs) like why do people live there i don't know anyway um, they should move here and I should help them. Um, <laughs> tell the audience a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? What's your story? Yeah. Well, I Where grew up. Where were you up, born? Uh,
1: so I was born in Indiana. My family moved away when I was two. One of those there. northerner
0: people. That's why you're like. That's
1: why. Yeah. Well, I I mean, most of my life was, was in the North. I uh, uh, was raised, we moved to, to Oregon for mm-hmm. several years. And, and from the time I was eight until I, uh, just before my 18th birthday, I lived in michigan
0: of all places <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry everybody from it's okay michigan. so just, i learned i mean i learned nice to drive in
1: blizzards down. and you know snowboarded and skied and tried to make the most of the long brutal winters but then uh you know i i when i graduated high school i thought man i got to get out of uh, out of this climate. So, um, I, but I ended up getting a scholarship to a school in Minnesota. So, it got,
0: it got even <laughs> out of a worse. I frying pan into the fire,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> right. It got even worse. So, uh, you thought this was cold. Right. I lived there for uh, a couple of years and, and, um, and then, uh, joined a, a, a music group, a Christian band from Iowa. And we toured around the world for 10 years. Well, tell me uh, the name of that dream. band. The band was called For Today. For Today. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and that was a pretty big deal. Well it depends on who you ask. A few people. Like Yeah. There's a couple of people that like There are a, a few of my friends that are like awestruck when they when they meet you. They're like, That's Maddie Montgomery. Hey, can you like can we go to lunch with him? And I'm like, he's just a regular guy. Yeah. He'll yeah. go to lunch with us. I I promise. He's right. he's like I eat lunch every day. <laughs> yeah. <Hey. laughs> so yes, we and um, you are a big deal in some circles. And so tell me about for today. Yeah, so I uh ended up
1: meeting up with these guys um in september of 2007 okay and they uh, they wanted me to be the the screamer in their heavy metal band and so uh i said listen i'll do it if you on two conditions yeah number one we will do a bible study every day that we're on tour right and number two you'll let me preach the gospel at our shows okay and uh and they said well that seems harmless enough and so we we went on tour and now, were those guys studied, believers when They you, were? They okay. were. They were believers. We were all kind of brand new, you know, Christians. kids that maybe had uh, church experience growing right. up. Right. But uh, certainly brand new to, to any type of ministry.
0: 07, that's 14 years ago. Yeah. You're probably like in your 20s, maybe. Yeah. 21, yeah, 22, or
1: 20, 20, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah. Somewhere in there. Okay. And, um, you're a youngster. I was a baby, yeah. <laughs>
1: so we just took off, and we figured it's it's harmless. We're just going to talk about Jesus yeah. to, to whoever is there to listen. And yeah. Thankfully, at first, there weren't that many people there to listen. Because <laughs> we know. were
0: working on our, our we, group.
1: Yeah, nobody liked us. But we, uh, I remember our first show ever in San Antonio, there were two people that came to the concert, and two people gave their lives to Jesus that night.
0: How awesome is that, awesome. though? Right? So we, just, like, we okay, just started Lord.
1: preaching the gospel. Yeah. And, you know, it turns out. That uh, you don't need to be particularly particularly good at preaching it, or influential, or famous, or um, anything else. You know, if if you'll just let the gospel off the off the leash, it'll
0: change people's lives. And so, um, yeah, I think a lot of people, um, and you can help me with this because you're a pastor. Um, a lot of people feel like I have to introduce them to Jesus, and I have to convert them, right? And That doesn't happen, Nobody's
1: charismatic or persuasive enough to do that. Right. I mean, it's the Holy
0: Spirit moving in that person, and that person alone, you know, Mm. has to make that decision. Right. Well, in Romans 1.16 says that the gospel of
1: Jesus Christ is the power of God to save all who would believe. Mm. And that means that it's not the charisma or the intellect of the person delivering the gospel. It's not the lights or the song that's playing in the background when the gospel is presented. It doesn't have to be the perfect atmosphere or environment. It's the gospel itself that actually... Is the power of God to save people? Yeah, uh, who would believe it? So uh, we sort of relied heavily on that. And yeah, we just we started playing this real angry music, and, and a lot of real angry kids came to our shows, and we'd
0: preach. The, Was the that intentional? To like, because you could oh, go, yeah. you know, you could get a guitar and play some, you know, right. indie some folk Chris, or whatever, Chris Tomlin, Chris Tomlin yeah. or whatever. But it, you're like, wait a minute, there's probably a segment out there. There's
1: yeah, a whole a whole subculture of you know, hot topic kids that, that, uh, aren't walking into our churches <laughs> right, on Sundays. Right. And so we thought, well, let's just go where they are. And we would go into the bars and nightclubs and preach the gospel. You know, that band that had two, two people come to our, uh, our first show in San Antonio, God just really uh, opened up a lot of doors for us. And we ended up getting signed to a couple different record labels over the course of our career, recording seven, uh, studio albums, touring the world playing thousands of shows to millions of people that's amazing um, preaching the gospel and and uh we spent about 10 years doing that full time and uh you know our farewell tour had 70,000 people come to it in uh uh in in what was it 14 14 different countries on yeah. three four different continents and, yeah uh, just a pretty pretty amazing um pretty amazing thing to see you know the first time we went to Europe we uh, I, I met multiple people that had never met a Christian before. They were dumbfounded that anyone would actually believe in those fairy tales in the Bible. They couldn't they couldn't believe it. They would come and talk to me as like a novelty. Like this guy's has lost his mind. Now flash forward seven, eight years to our farewell tour, we yeah. went back to to some of those same cities and um now there were a, a thousand people at the concert and a, a line of two hundred afterwards that would come up and say we're Christians because of you. We started a church because of you. Holy me cow. And, me and my 25 friends here were all a part of a youth group at this church. And, um, and, and we all heard the gospel from your music and your concerts. And so it just, man, was a phenomenal blessing. And we did it for a long time. You know, I, I met my wife on tour. We, uh, had our first two kids while I was, um, touring full time. And, and, um, I bet that was interesting. It was, yo, know, it was definitely <laughs> interesting. It was an adventure for sure. But, uh, man, it was, um, just a beautiful season in our life. And in
0: 2016, the Lord said, all right, you know, you've done everything I called you to do. Time to move on. That's, and you know, I mean, from an outsider looking in, you're preaching the gospel to, I mean, 70,000 people. You know, I mean, you're kind of like, Lord, why would you want to transition me out of right. this? Right. You know, and it seems counterintuitive. For sure. Yeah. So what did, yeah. um, so one, do you miss it a little bit? being on stage and having 70,000 people cheering, you know, and praising the Lord together. I mean, that's gotta be just powerful in itself. Um, yeah, no, I don't miss it. Okay. And then, (laughs) and then too, what did that look like? You're like, okay, we're just, we're kind of, I feel like this thing's over. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, we left for a tour uh, at the beginning of 2016. Okay. And, um, it, something just fell off. Maybe the Lord was
0: preparing you. Right. So nobody's going to have concerts and for I a thought, couple of years.
1: Right. <laughs> and I thought, man, I, I don't know. Is there something wrong with my heart? And so I, I told yeah. my wife and my spiritual father, my pastor, and I yeah. said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm out on this tour where a weekend, it just feels weird. I don't know why. And, um, you know, I was praying, God, give, make me passionate about this. Right. You know, I want to, I want to you care you mm-hmm. care so deeply about these kids i'm still preaching the gospel people every night are still responding to it but um it just feels like it just doesn't fit anymore mm-hmm. and so i spent that whole tour about a month long tour um praying and seeking the lord and saying you know what's the deal and, mm-hmm. and sort of toward the end it dawned on me that there's nothing wrong it's it's not you know it's it's not a problem with me it's not a problem with the other guys mm-hmm. you know the band is is fine there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong it's just, it just doesn't fit yeah. anymore. Yeah. And, uh, did the
0: other guys feel the same way a little bit?
1: Well, the other guys had only ever had one job in their whole life, and that ah. was playing music in For Today. Yeah. And so I got, got them all together at the end of the tour and said, Hey, here's what I think the Lord
0: is saying. I think right. it's time for me to, to be done. Well, and they probably and, not, um, saw it coming with it being the farewell tour. With
1: well, that was not the farewell tour. Oh, okay. Tour. Yeah, so I, I just uh, that was a different tour, and, okay. and I said, guys, you know, I I'm, would be happy to finish out this year because I'd love to do a farewell tour, mm. and we did mm. that at the end of 2016. Gotcha, gotcha. But sure. um, uh, they were. You know, upset and scared and everything sure. at first. Yeah. Since then, they've all come and said it was totally the right thing. Our marriages are better because of it. Right. Our lives are better. You know, not living in a van and, and touring around the country <laughs> or a bus all, all the time. Right. And so, uh, um, it was it was right and good. It was just sort of the perfect time, right? Yeah. You know, we we ended on a high note. Um, generally, when bands break up, they break up number one because they all hate each other which is not or, the case or here. number two yeah. because all their fans hate them <laughs> <laughs> all their ex-fans have moved on and right. nobody wants to come to concerts anymore right. and uh and so thankfully neither one of those things ever happened to us we all still love each other still keep in touch with all the guys and um our farewell tour was just phenomenal biggest tour we ever did was our last one gotcha. and, um, so it was great we had a lot of fun
0: do you feel like the Lord was calling you to start a church when, at that point too, Not or are you, just kinda like, hey, you just kind of like, I'm done with this season and there's something new, yeah. but I don't know what that so is. I How spent, does that, what's the process? I was spending
1: like? quite a lot of my time at that point, um, doing itinerant evangelistic preaching. I would preach at crusades and conferences oh, yeah. and things yeah, around yeah, the country yeah. and the world. And, um, that was actually probably most of my time was that sort of ministry yeah. versus actually playing music. And then, uh, so I just did that sort of here and there would go to a couple of events a month. Right um, after that, and and that was fine. We, the bills were paid, and we were, you know, doing well. It, and you were, This okay. is when
0: you're living in Mobile, right? Yeah,
1: we were living down in Mobile, Alabama. And then, um, I, uh, I was. I mean, I've said a whole long list of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm never going to pastor a church. It's not. <laughs> And I would say, you know, my, my call is not to pastor. My yeah. call is to, to serve pastor. Right. I love them. I believe in them. Yes. I champion them. I'm sure. so grateful for yeah. these amazing, amazing men people. of God that right. walk with people yeah. through all the different seasons of their life. It's mm. incredible. And, um, and so I would be able to come in and throw fuel on the fire and in, encourage and support and celebrate the pastor and, and, uh, what he's trying to accomplish in his community. And, uh, and then in, um, you know, as I would travel around, I would preach to rooms full of people or stadiums full of people, or, mm-hmm. you know, events full of people, and, and 99% of the people would hear the message and maybe they'd be encouraged or inspired in some way. And then you'd sort of have that 1% of people who would maybe hear something deeper. Mm-hmm. They would hear, the, the best way I can describe it is they would hear the sound of home. Mm-hmm. They would hear, you know, the, the, the permission for them to be who they've always known mm-hmm. deep down inside God made them to be. And, and those people were the ones that would, you know, send an email afterwards and say, Hey, I want to follow your ministry or, or, you know, where can we, I mean, we had uh, a whole handful of people move down to Mobile because they knew that's where I lived and they'd attend the church that that we would attend and think maybe we'll get close to Maddie, you know, and um, they didn't, I was always in and out of town so much that I
0: would would really
1: protect my, my time when I was home to spend with my wife and kids. And then, um, uh, in the, uh, summer of two thousand eighteen I was in prayer early one morning uh in the church sanctuary there uh at the church we were attending and um this this phrase gather the family mm. sort of dropped into my spirit and um and I realized exactly what that meant that there's that one percent of people right who felt drawn to the way that God expresses his heart through me and my family and mm-hmm. our ministry and um felt like he said it's it's time to to put your roots down in a place where these people who've been following you on social media and yeah. podcasts and YouTube videos where they can actually come and get around you and your mm-hmm. family and learn about uh, marriage and learn about fatherhood and learn about, um, you know, what, what steady consistent devotion and spiritual mm-hmm. maturity really look like. Mm-hmm. And, and so, uh, that was a big step of faith. So I started saying no to events and we, we started praying and planning and, we said,
0: "All right, Lord. Well, where do we do this?" Where right. I was going to say. I mean, like the if you're of thinking places. of staying in the continental U.S., that's a pretty big place. Pretty big, and you could go anywhere. Yeah. And so how did the Lord lead well, you? Well, we had a list of places. I remember this, and I'm going <laughs> to let you tell it because you're going to tell it way better. than All that, right. Yeah, we had a, a list. And uh, tell everybody the other places that we beat out. Like, yeah,
1: <laughs> Nashville was was high on the we're list. Way better. Denver, Colorado yeah. Springs,
0: oh, yeah. Las Vegas. Definitely better than Vegas.
1: Uh, was on the list uh dallas was on the list charlotte was on the list and um uh, we had cool you know these they are got cities. pro
0: ball teams and stuff yeah, right,
1: right that's okay yeah, you right. know what they don't have colin johnson <laughs> <laughs> thanks buddy uh but uh so we had this list and if i'm honest i'd never been to johnson city before uh you i had heard, heard of, I you had didn't heard know what you were it. missing you're yeah, right <laughs> i had i had heard about it in uh the the week that i gave my life to the lord um i now when I, I, tell I, me about that in, all right this was in 2006 okay in the summer of oh six, and um you know i i didn't go to go to church and answer an altar call i was actually reading a book about buddhism on the steps of my my college dorm oh wow and uh just this this sudden wave of realization hit me that you know, there's a universal standard of morality mm. that, you know, Buddhists and Muslims and Christians and Jews and even atheists would acknowledge that all of us are designed to be loving and kind and generous and humble. Right. But this terrifying thought came hot on the heels of that. I have not been those things. Mm. I've not been loving and kind and generous and humble. I've been selfish and arrogant and perverse and mm. greedy. Yeah. And so, uh, oh man, I'm in trouble. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the amazing thing about all those worldviews is, though they agree in in a general sense on uh, uh, on morality, they uh, there's only one that offers a solution for, right. for right, our right, sin. Right. Yes. Right? Buddhism and Islam and Judaism right. all say, well, try your best. <laughs> or right, you works-based. Like, yeah, yeah, you can become enlightened or if you do enough good things. Right. Or but you, there's, but if you don't, what do you, you have to suffer the consequences of that. Now, if that's the case— I think we're all in big trouble. Yes. The Bible says we oh all gosh. have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, and I, I've never met a person I had to work hard to convince that they were a sinner. You know, right. Uh, I think everybody's aware of that fact. Yes. And, um, and, and so I, I just, this wave of realization hit me that in the entire expanse of human philosophy and, and, uh, in religion, there's only ever been one, one answer given mm-hmm. for the sin of mankind. And that's that, um, that he that knew no sin became sin that I through him might become the righteousness of God. Right. Christ Jesus. So I, uh, yeah, he came down that day. Yeah. yeah, So that day I said, Hey, all right, Lord, I I don't know what it means. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm all yours. Mm. And, um, and I, I thought, you know what? I don't just want that to be words. I want to actually do something about it. So I don't know if this was right or wrong. This is what I did. I quit my job the next day and I moved out of my apartment I put all of my stuff in my car and gave the keys to my friend and uh, I, I hitchhiked around the country for a month. Oh wow. <laughs> and and you know, during that time I, I just thought I wanna unplug from every responsibility, from every relationship, from everything that could pull me in another direction. Sure. And I wanna just give my total attention, my wilderness experience. I want to give my total attention and focus to the Lord. And so I would spend, you know, ten, twelve, fifteen hours a day just by myself on the side of a road kind of pastor know, Ian would call that a walkabout yeah, right you <laughs> went right. on a walkabout Matty. Yeah. Eh? yeah and uh um and, and so I, I meet these people I'm the luckiest hitchhiker in the world I meet people in Omaha Nebraska I'm heading west yes from Minnesota where I'm going to college I I hitchhike south to Omaha You're like please don't leave me out in the cold very long I know I, <laughs> yeah well it wasn't that cold it was oh, okay. July okay but uh but I, I hitchhike south to Omaha, and then I meet these people in Omaha that pick me up, and they go, "Where are you headed?" And I said, "All the way west. I'm going to California." And they said, "You are the luckiest hitchhiker." We live in California. We're driving back right now. Let's go. So we just spent the next three three days together, you know, four of us, How cool and that? all of our bags and pillows and stuff with a, in like a Honda Civic with two <laughs> with two dogs. There was a dog in my lap the whole time. Uh, it was awesome. And they're like, if you want to ride with us, you can, but you, you got to be comfy. You got to cuddle this. Dog. That's right. Yeah. That's it. It was just, it was awesome. Great adventure with these people. And, um, you know, some good, good times, fun memories. And, and there's this, this, what, there was this moment where I'm, a uh, uh, we had, we had reached the Pacific ocean and, and turned North. So we're driving North on highway one, uh, which goes right along the coast of, of California. And to my left, the sun is setting over the Pacific Ocean. And to my right, there's this forest of redwood trees stretching into the the clouds, it seems like. And the windows are down, and and we can feel the breeze of the ocean, smell the salt in the air. Mm. And uh, they're singing, they're playing this song that they had played over and over again on on the ride out there called Wagon Wheel by Old Crow Medicine Show, uh, which I'm you know, people from this area would know, maybe people heard it a outside Johnson city <laughs> might not know it, but it's about hitchhiking through a place called Johnson city, Tennessee. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that moment it sort of, it dawns on me that God's plan is better than mine. Mm. It's the first time in my life it ever occurred to me that my own strategies and ambitions uh, could produce, you know, maybe something good, mm-hmm. but what God has for me is just so much better. Oh my right? gosh! And, uh, you know, my plan was to work in the admissions office at my college all summer. And now I'm on this unbelievable adventure, having this perfect moment. Right. And uh, singing this song with people I just met a couple days ago. Feel like they're my lifelong best friends. And um, it's just this amazing moment. It made such an impact on me. I went and got some of the lyrics from the song um, tattooed on my chest. Oh, wow. Day. Yeah. Nice. And uh, just, a, you know, really powerful time. And then uh, so flash forward Twelve years. Okay. I've, I've given my life fully to the Lord. This that was just probably three days after I'd been born again. That's awesome. Twelve years later, I've I've been in ministry for about ten years, and I'm walking with God, and I'm seeking Him. And, um, and uh, he says, "Gather the family." Okay, we're going to gather the family. Where do we go? And I'm, uh, my wife and I get together one morning and we pray over the list. Mm-hmm. You know, Nashville, mm-hmm. Charlotte, uh, Dallas, Colorado Vegas. Springs, Vegas. You know, cool cities great places to go. We pray over the list and I'm driving into work one morning and and that song comes on the radio again and I've got my windows down and it's the summer and it's feeling good and I'm singing, rock me mama like a way. You know, I'm feeling like, I'm feeling loose. It's good. (laughs) Life is good. And I get to that part about the Johnson city, Tennessee. Tennessee. Right. And I, and I just think, man, I wonder what Johnson city is like. And, uh, and so I start Googling pictures, Google image, searching Johnson city. And it is this Amazing, beautiful place, just surrounded by these incredible mountains and oh my gosh, this place looks awesome. So I start sending my wife pictures and she says, uh, put it on the list. Yeah. <laughs> and so we put it on the list. Right. And, and then uh uh we um you know, we had Charlotte and Vegas and Dallas and Colorado and Nashville and Johnson City. Though, <laughs> you know, that was the one that didn't belong. And then about uh um you know, maybe two weeks later after we put Johnson city on the list, uh, we were talking about, you know, we, we, we want, we wanted the opportunity to really help, um, impact the development of a culture where, where we go. We mm-hmm. didn't want to sort of be another face in a sea of faces, right. Another organization in a sea of organizations, you know, what's it, what, what might it look like to really set up a place in the earth mm-hmm. whose global reputation is linked to the, the move and the love of God. Mm. Um, and I feel like if we go to Vegas, uh, you know, Vegas already has a global reputation. If we go to Nashville, Nashville already has a global reputation. These things are already known there. These cities are already known for, for things. Mm-hmm. Um, but Johnson city, you know, it's that sort of a little sleeper. It's, it's that little lyric. It's yeah. that lyric in that, uh, that, that country song that nobody pays much attention to. And, um, and, and so we felt like the Lord said, why don't you just go through and cross out every major city? And, uh, and after that, all that was left was Johnson city. So we flew up here to just sort of drive aimlessly around and pray and see what the Lord says. And we went to pals <laughs> and, yes. and from that point on, you're done game over.
0: <laughs> we were moving here. We're going to grow old. Like I want a big pal with cheese at least That's right. once a we're month. Going to get that double sauce burger with cheese oh, and just fries, French fries, slip into a coma. This this podcast is sponsored by Pals. <laughs> yes, and then so um, you called um, looking for commercial space. You called a friend of ours. I did. Shannon Castillo. Her husband was on the podcast the other day. Oh, Mr. very Jose. cool. Jose. Jose. He's the man. And then so she said, "Hey, I think he's looking more for residential stuff, um, and um, he's got a lot of followers." And so I don't know. She's like, I don't know, but you may want to check him out. And so I said, okay. And so I well, I think we wound up connecting after that. Yeah. And I'm like, just weird, but I make friends with everybody. I'm like, okay, you're my new best friend. And so we're going to be friends. And Most, Mostly me though. Yeah. Right. <laughs> good. Just you. Just you. You're my new best friend. I don't have any other ones. That's and, uh, and then, so we, yeah, wound up helping you move up here. And then, yeah. um, Yeah, recently you bought a house last year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, A year and a half ago. Well, you helped us find a rental. Yeah, you rented uh, right around the corner from me. Yeah, which which was amazing. Yeah. And uh, that's actually where we started our church. Yeah. You know, we had people um, here that we were going to be coming here and move from California and Colorado and Washington, D.C. and um, Alabama, all over the the place, Sydney, Australia, yeah. the Philippines. It's like,
0: amazing where yeah. people are coming from. It's
1: crazy. And, and so they all came and we started the church just in the living room of the rental well, you found us. Well,
0: and I walked through it the other day because the guy's think about moving into it again. And we had some people just move out of it who were some amazing believers as well. And, um... And just thinking about that, it was special, like just yeah. knowing that um, you guys were there and that's where you had dedicated, you know, your church and started it. Yeah. So it was really cool. Yeah,
1: I mean, you could, I could point to the place on the floor, you know, like there's a, a woman that had just gone through a really difficult divorce and mm-hmm. was kind of holding it all together. And she had this amazing moment with God, tears, you know, yeah. on the floor, you know, this, another girl she and her husband came forward for prayer one time and and she was really abused and then ultimately abandoned by her dad as a kid god just touched her life right there in the living room you know yeah it feels like a you could put that in the the mls description
0: yeah (laughs) Of the list, you want to be touched in your house. <laughs> that's right. By the God, Lord, this is God this, has moved in this living. That's right. Ground. That's right. This is holy ground. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's how we'll lead
1: it. But, uh, we'll so we started off. the house in the rental, and, yeah. and, and then, um, and the name of your church is, is the the Altar Fellowship, right? Yes. Yeah. A L T A R. People don't realize that there's two different ways to spell that word. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, A L T A R. And, um, so we then we ended up moving into the, the uh, wedding venue and, an old Catholic church. Yeah, in Shannon downtown, helped you with Johnson that. City. Shannon yeah,
0: and hooked that up. And-, that, and I told you, yeah, um, that used to be St. Mary's a long time ago. I mm-hmm. went to church there with a buddy of mine who was um, like, this was probably 30 years ago. More, No, 35 years ago I used to go to church with him. That's a long time ago. Yeah. But I think it's neat that it's in the same place. And so yeah, um, you've done a great job with that venue. And, and people are coming out of the woodwork to come hang it's, out, right? It's crazy. Just got word yesterday
1: there's another family coming in from Baltimore. And there's a family in... Texas for, that is in the process of moving. We had a family of 18, a mom and dad, their three adult kids, their three spouses, and then all their kids moved from California about a month ago. It's it's crazy, man. God is just sounding an alarm out of Johnson City are bringing people who are hungry for revival. Hungry they really for, are. To see Jesus exalted.
0: And, and they're excited about leaving those places. Um, yes, they are. Why do you feel like that is the case? Well, you want
1: to get how deep you want to get into politics? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll let you tread well, in as Well, deep here's as you want to go. You can maybe, go waist deep all the way in. Maybe oh, okay. more, maybe more than, I mean, yeah, people are excited to get out of places where they think that their money is going to be taken and given to bureaucrats. Right. You know, to show you, yeah, there's a lot of that. Who are going to do sure. God knows what yeah. with it. We're getting um, people just because of think, the area, too. Yeah. But I, I think in a lot of ways that people are ending up here mm-hmm. because, um, it's a, it's an amazing place to be. You yeah, know, it really it's, is. It's an amazing place. It's it's beautiful. It's affordable. It's accessible. You know, even for me as somebody that that uh, has traveled quite quite a lot, it's not difficult to travel out of Tri City. Thank you for saying
0: that. We do have an airport around here. We do. We do <laughs> have an like, airport. They somebody told me they flew into Nashville and they were like, "Hey, we're we're oh, going to be heading oh, over there tomorrow." I'm like, "Well, that's a long drive." See you for dinner. Yeah. yeah. They were <laughs> like, "Oh." Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah, and then that's Knoxville, they'll fly to Knoxville, and I'm like, you're still, like we've, got, still, we've got an airport, Tri-Cities right. Airport, and it's, and it's a nice it, little airport. It's an airport. It's you little, can, but it works. But you it's can fine. get in and out. You don't have all the craziness. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, you can get there like 10 minutes before your flight and just walk on the plane. <laughs> like, hey, Jim. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly, right? You just walk right on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you want to fly today or you want me to? All, all right, right. right, I'll let you do it. All I'll right, let, yeah.
1: But that's, uh. yeah, I think, you know, the thing that draws people here is is that, When the whole world seems to be going crazy, there's just this beautiful peace Mm -hmm. and this sense of community here that I think most of the rest of America, especially major cities, have abandoned. Right. Uh, You know, maybe because they're uh, divided over racial or political issues. Right. Maybe it's because they're scared of, you know, coronavirus. Yeah. Or or whatever. Maybe because there's riots and nobody wants to leave their house because they're going to catch a... Break to the head or, or whatever yeah but um but here in in johnson city and in the the surrounding areas man there's just this amazing sense of community and fellowship and mm. love for each other um that uh, i mean i just as i was walking in to record this podcast i was talking to bob who is a a uh, buddy of mine, he, he doesn't have a house. He's a homeless guy, but he, uh, he does have a guitar and he can rip the guitar and he loves Jesus. And so he'll always preach a sermon to me because he knows I'm a pastor. And, that's then, awesome. and then another friend of mine, Jeff Martin, the pastor yeah. at uh, Hosanna, he yeah. came over and, uh, and me and Jeff were talking to, to Bob and, uh, you know, just loving on him and yeah. loving on each other. Yeah. You know, and that's just, uh, a, a, your average day in Johnson city, you know, you run into people that you know and love and, um and and people are are quick to support and celebrate each other to help mm-hmm. each other just yesterday uh one of my two of my cows got out of our cow pasture i was at church and so my uh next door neighbor saw him and he came over and chased him back into the pasture Crowd and, them up and locked them up for me yeah did, it's yeah. and that's just kind of the way That's it is kind of par for the course around here. You That's know, what I tell people.
0: Up, I said right? the people here just love one another. It's one yeah. of those places you break down the side of the road. People are going to be stopping within minutes I for mean, sure. Yeah. 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 Just to help you and, yeah. and love and support you. Okay. And then, yeah. so, um, tell me more about like the church and what you're planning on doing. Where, where are we going with the altar? How's it going? currently? Well, oh, all- it's going amazing. Uh, actually right this minute, our, um, well,
1: I'll give you the backstory. So, um, When, uh, there was a, a pandemic in Isaac Newton's day,
0: sir, Isaac Newton. Yeah.
1: And, uh, and during that, during the quarantine for that pandemic, he sat down and invented calculus, (laughs) which is pretty amazing. Uh, there was a quarantine in in CS Lewis's day. Uh, and during, during the quarantine, he sat down and wrote mere Christianity. Oh, wow. Um, both awesome men of God. Yeah. Who produced? I mean, world-changing works of, yeah. of creativity and innovation during pandemics, during quarantines for pandemics. And so, when when the quarantine started, I got all of our musicians together, and I said, "Guys, in the past, in this same situation, God has met this this quarantine with just a, a, a an unusual grace for creativity and innovation that huh. would, that would thrust forward yeah. the uh, the kingdom." And so, I said, "Just write." Write all, write the bad songs. If you have, sure. to Just write something. And so we, our church probably wrote 150 songs during, during the pandemic. That's most awesome. of them will never see the light of day, but, um, we have a, a whole handful of really amazing, uh, new worship songs that are coming out. And, and so today, right now, as we speak, um, our musicians our our, uh, album band, uh, are over at the church with this amazing, um, record producer, uh, God's connected us with who's, um, working with them. They're going to be uh, working with them to, to write the songs to, f- to finish writing and, and tightening up the songs right now. And they're going to be recording them in June. We'll do a live recording there at the church. That's so awesome. that's a project yeah.
0: that we're working on right now. Yeah. Our property manager, Millard is he's, he's playing bass. Yeah. yeah he's he's amazing. excited. So he's off all week. He's um, he's doing
1: a killer job. Thanks for giving him the time.
0: Off. Well, thank you for introducing me to him. He's been fantastic. Oh, you're yeah. yeah. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fun. Uh, yeah. So he's, uh, we're, we're doing
1: that right now. And then, um, you know, we, we have felt like we have a a really clear assignment from the Lord to, to do two things really, really well. And those two things are worship Mm -hmm. and family. And so this whole album project is a part of our contribution to worship and, Mm -hmm. and another brick in the foundation that we're laying to, to build a worship culture, a culture that revolves around the worthiness and the beauty of Jesus. Um, but, uh, you know, we have, uh, unfortunately, um, it really, industrial. The church has industrialized worship, mm-hmm. we've turned it into a business, and uh, so people write songs thinking, you know, "What's going to sell?" to right. Top charts, and you know, we got to get a good first week sales, and yeah. the, you know, all of those sorts of things. But you know, the context that we're writing in is uh, God's given us this awesome family at our church here, mm-hmm. family of a few hundred, at the, you know, at this point, and, and which is know, amazing because
0: you're two years old, uh, three. Uh, it was a
1: year in January. Wow. So yeah, uh, what is it? That's some rapid growth. April. Yeah, it's been And during less than a pandemic a year, and and a year, right? Right. Less than a year and right. a half. Well, we were quarantined and for then most of, it, Yeah. Yeah. Um but so uh he is definitely laying his hands. He's upon definitely him. doing something special and mm-hmm. yeah. and um you know, we've we've uh so as we've been writing I've been saying, guys, we're not writing this for the record executive in right. Nashville or the um, you know the album producer in Los Angeles where we're writing this for our family this is the sound of our family right. and our, our house here and what God is doing and so um you know where where our priority lies is you know I want to see the the strength mm-hmm. and the safety of every family unit that we have under our care at the altar mm-hmm. and so you know I make my agenda, I, I, the, the two most ambitious prayers I've prayed for our church is, God, I pray there'd never be a divorce mm. under our care, mm-hmm. and I pray that there'd never be a child abused or neglected under our care. That's great. And yeah. um, and those are the two, if, if we, 50 years from now, if we can say that God Holy has answered smokes. those yeah. prayers, even if nobody gets raised from the dead or, or mm-hmm. you know has their cancer healed or anything like that, if we have every marriage, mm-hmm. healthy and whole. Mm-hmm. And every child loved and protected. Man, I th- I think that we have it's a great foundation. Hon- honored God and built mm-hmm. something really, really beautiful. Amen. So that's really where our priority lies. Yeah. So we're, we're constantly working on projects and programs and ministries and ways that we can, you know, honor and bless the marriages yeah. in our church and um and bless the, the kids as well and help yeah. equip parents to be awesome parents to the yeah.
0: kids. Yeah. What um what's one like? Let's go. One piece of advice for husbands. Yep. What would be um, something you would you would give there, and then let's say one piece of advice for um, for fathers as well. All
1: right, the piece of advice for husbands would be uh, authority or leadership. Mm-hmm. It's just another word for responsibility. Um, and the Bible says that that men are to be the head of the house. Mm-hmm. And people hear that and they think, "Oh, that means I get to dominate and control my wife and kids. I'm the boss here." Oh no, what that, what that, if you've ever been an actual boss, you would know what that really means is that if, if the, the real boss calls that you're the one that has to answer mm-hmm. for, for the issues and the mm-hmm. dysfunction, Yeah, you know, it's, it's why Eve ate the fruit and then got, got Adam to eat the fruit mm-hmm. and God didn't come looking for Eve. He came into the garden looking for Adam because mm-hmm. Adam was the head. Um, and so that means that if your wife is being a real jerk to you and she's not doing what you want her to do, guess who's responsible. You are, you yeah, are, that's you, don't, right. you yeah. don't get the right to, uh, to throw her under the bus, right. Point your finger no. at her say yeah. that she's, you know, she's not carrying her weight because right. it's
0: chances uh, are to response.
1: You as yeah, right. You as the head of the household, if you want to see your wife grow in love, then mm-hmm. you lead in love. Mm-hmm. If you want to see your kids grow in personal discipline, then mm-hmm. you lead in personal discipline.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and that's, much harder. <laughs> That's much harder than just telling everybody what to do. Right. And it's the, hard to walk. Right.
0: You got to walk the walk.
1: Right. And so um, that would be my piece of advice to men: is, is if if you see any bit of dysfunction in your family, it's your responsibility. Yeah, you got to look uh, in the mirror. It's your responsibility to 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 me- look in the mirror and to make sure that that thing isn't alive in you, and that mm. you're setting an example that your wife and kids will want to follow. That you're being the Uh, that that if you want to be admired and honored, you have to be a man that's admirable and honorable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so that's my advice for husbands. My advice for fathers is, um, your kids want you more than they want your money, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, I I have this theory about child psychology, uh, that, that I, I think that, um, the The spectrum of emotions kids can, uh, kids can express is a, is a lot more basic than adults. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is, if you've ever taken a kid to, or if you have ever bought your kid a, a really expensive gift and they mm-hmm. just play with the box <laughs> instead, <laughs>
0: uh, it's not. No, the, it's the lightsaber. In, the, the, right? Yeah, the, the, no, the, the box well, is cool. Don't, they don't yeah. care at all. Yeah, right. right?
1: Or, or you know, for me, we took our kids to to Disney world and universal Studios, spent a week down there and God knows how much money, All right, you know, and then, and then, uh, came back. And like a week later, I took him to Chuck E cheese and my, my, uh, uh, middle son said, this is the best day ever <laughs> at Chuck E cheese for dinner. You know? And, and so like there's, what I mean is when they're excited, right? They don't have different degrees of excitement, right? It's just, ex- they're just all excitement whatever they feel at that time that's you know they don't have different degrees of sadness yeah. right the, the sad more in the present too right right like, the, the sadness they might feel or express when yeah. their mom dies might be the same as the sadness they might feel or, or express when they you know drop well, their pizza on the floor when they're right, yeah, right, you know, when like, they drop their piece of pizza on the floor and you try to hand them another right, one
0: yeah
1: uh, not it's one. not the same yeah, yeah. And, and so you know there's this idea that um you know, our kids are uh, going to be deeply appreciative of uh, how much money we mm. make and, and like the fact that we drive them around town in nice cars or, you know, that we have the biggest house in the neighborhood. Right. Uh, they don't, they give, don't care. They don't give a rip at all. Yeah. What they want is dad. Right. You know, and, and frankly, I think one of the things that scares us is that, that we feel like we don't know what to do. But here's sure. the beautiful thing. You know, I can provide for my kids, and I can keep them safe, and mm-hmm. put them in a good neighborhood, and mm-hmm. put them in a, you know, a car seat, and mm-hmm. right. I can do the the stuff, um, but but we feel like on a, a relational or emotional or psychological spiritual level, we don't really know what to do. But the amazing thing about kids is that if in the times when parents don't know what to do, kids do. Mm. You know, most of. Most of what I do to my kids is just let them climb on me.
0: Right? Yeah, that's awesome. I just sort yeah. of sit
1: there, and and they just climb onto my head. Uh-huh. My son Caleb has this subconscious compulsion. He's seven now. If I if I bend over to tie my shoe or to pick something up off the ground, he doesn't even realize he does it. <laughs> but he just leaps onto my back. He You're can't like, oh. he can't stop. It's been this way for years. Yeah, uh, he just can't keep himself from climbing dad it's yeah. this like sub, subconscious thing i
0: gotta take you down
1: this impulse yeah. this impulsive thing uh but there's um you know i i think it's it's like that box you know the box never plays back the kids no. just they just do, what they, they want just do what they want and it's and they're growing and they're learning and they're mm-hmm. they're growing stronger and and i think you know for fathers we uh, we sometimes let our ambition dictate our sure our path and we you know, we've got to build a bigger business, and we've got to reach more clients, and we've got to produce more, and right. and impress people, and, and really build a good name for for ourselves, or our brand, or our business. Right?
0: Because we're always trying to be forward thinking, to protecting my family, taking care of them in the future, providing right. a future right. for them. In your mind, that the Lord right. is really in control of that. Exactly.
1: Right. And and honestly, man, I I feel like I can accomplish more as a as a as a well-rested, well-loved man in four hours mm-hmm. than I ever could in 40 hours. Sure. A man that's exhausted and spent and frustrated and overwhelmed. Yeah. Agreed. And So, um, I, uh, am, I, we do need to work as men. We do need to provide for and protect our families, but more than your kids want your money, they just want you. Yeah. And so my advice to dads would be just, just be there. You don't not have to know what to say. You don't have to know what to do. Just keep showing up day after day and show your kids that even, even people who don't have all the answers can keep showing up. Yeah. And, and and just by showing up, you can, you can do more good than you could possibly imagine.
0: Well, thank you for that. Yeah. Listen to that one. Fathers. Um, what gets you fired up? Matty Montgomery Fridays? Mostly. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, What gets me fired
1: up? You know, what gets me fired up? Um, I love, to see, somebody said to me a couple of weeks ago after one of my messages, they said, man, I just feel like I can do anything. Mm-hmm. Every time you preach, I feel like I can change the world. Mm-hmm. And maybe nothing gets me more fired up than than seeing somebody begin to believe in themselves as much as I believe in them. Ooh, yeah. You know, I, whether it's my kids or my wife or somebody in the church, I'm constantly, you know, running into people that are they're intimidated by the task uh, in front of them. Sure. And, uh, they feel overwhelmed or they're unsure of which way to go. And, um, and I feel like probably my very favorite thing in the world to do is to be able to look at someone and say, you can do this.
0: So you got the gift of you encouragement. Got this. Yes. yes,
1: you got this. I love this that is too. not too yeah. big for you. Yeah. God has got you here mm-hmm. and he, he wouldn't bring you here to let you down now. Yeah. He's got, God has graced you for such a time as this. You're going to, knock this out of the park. I feel like that's just my very favorite thing in the world that's to do. Awesome. And, and to see somebody begin to, to believe their own hype, you know, right, right, right. right. See somebody begin to see themselves yes. through, through my eyes.
0: You're a wonderfully creative. Yeah.
1: Yes. To, to see themselves, uh, maybe uh, probably more importantly, to see themselves through, through God's eyes. Amen, brother. It's, it's just, oh man, there's nothing yeah. like it. Yeah.
0: It's the best. Um, okay. So there may be some listeners who don't know Jesus. And this might be the only time they get to hear the gospel. You want to? Oh my goodness! Tell them about uh, our friend Jesus. Of and course. Then, and then we'll wrap it up because it's almost time yeah. for um, for us to go eat donuts or something.
1: Yeah. Oh, amen. <laughs> you know the 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 simple truth mm-hmm. is that uh, I, I mentioned earlier in the conversation that we um, that there's a, a universal moral standard mm-hmm. every that every religious teacher or leader every. Spiritual or, or political leader has ascribed to mm-hmm. these these principles of love and generosity and kindness and humility. The problem is that none of us have lived up to that standard. Mm-hmm. And um, every religion and every political system and every every worldview um, will tell you this is how you're supposed to live. This is the kind of life you're supposed to live. The kind of person you're supposed to be and um, and yet there's sort of this constant unspoken shame that we carry around, mm-hmm. knowing I haven't been that. I've failed probably more times than I've succeeded, mm-hmm. and, and so, oh my God, what am I gonna do? Mm. What does that mean for me? Mm-hmm. What does that mean for my eternity? What does that mean for God's opinion of me right how 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 could God ever want to be around a person like right. me yeah, and um the the amazing thing is uh that that there is an answer. Mm -hmm. We don't have to just try harder next time Mm -hmm. that we actually can cast our cares upon him. And so the, uh, the Bible says that Jesus bore our sin on himself on the cross and that to all who receive him, to Mm -hmm. those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And, um, and so there's this, this beautiful message that we, that we read in the life of Jesus that we can discover in scripture that, um, that we don't have to just live under the weight of our guilt. Mm-hmm. We don't have to face the consequences of our guilt and that we actually can be free from, from the sin that, that made us guilty in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the first announcement about Jesus arrival, uh, when he, after he becomes a man is from John the Baptist and he, he shouts to everybody following him. He says, behold, the lamb of God mm-hmm. who takes away the sin of the world. Mm. And so that's the ministry of Jesus is to take away our sin, to take yeah. away our shame and our guilt. And so to give us abundant life. That's right. And so my uh, my invitation to you if you're if you're listening would be um would be this that that as I said before John 1:12 says that, to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus said I will by no means turn away mm. anyone who comes to me. And so the invitation is is this that you can put your faith and trust in Jesus mm-hmm. as your personal Savior. And maybe you've heard that phrase before. But what that means is that um, is that you can say, God, I believe that that the the price that Jesus paid on the cross as an innocent man that died a sinner's death uh, that 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 was my price, that mm-hmm. that was my debt, and um, and and that took off of me that that took off of me the weight of my own sin and shame. And so, uh, God, I put my faith in Jesus as Mm -hmm. my savior. And I say that his death was the payment for my sin. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's this beautiful exchange. The Bible says that when we put our faith in Jesus, that we can, uh, that, that we can actually receive the righteousness of Christ upon us, that, that his purity and his innocence and his perfection can be placed upon us like a garment we can put on Mm -hmm. Christ. And, uh, uh, and and so the Bible says that that the moment that we call out to the Lord, that we come to Jesus, we put our faith and our trust in Him, that uh, that we're actually made perfect in the eyes of God, that we're made sinless mm. and holy and righteous and pure in God's eyes. And um, uh, now, if if they're anything like me, it's going to take a long time for them to learn to walk out sure. with what God says about yes. them. That's a process that takes. Uh, that that takes. A I don't long, think long, you ever long, long get time, 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 right? You, you know, know, you're, you're always wanting to study more but, and be, you right. know, in
0: the Word more and be, yeah. Um, and then you're called to go and share the that message with others. I right. think as disciples of Christ. Well, and, and
1: not only to share it, but to demonstrate it mm. the transformational yeah. mm. power yeah. and the love of God to to make that evident and. Uh, tangible in your life. I think yeah. that's the goal. So yeah. my encouragement to anybody listening who maybe doesn't know God or doesn't know the good news uh, of the gospel would be, you know, you don't need to uh, sign on, on a dotted line. Mm-hmm. You don't Mm-mm. need to log on to my website. Um, you can write there wherever you're listening in your car or your mm-hmm. bedroom or the gym or wherever else you might happen to be that you can right now just call on the name of Jesus mm-hmm. and say, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I receive your um, your blood to, to wash away my sin and uh, i want to be forgiven and brought into the family of god mm-hmm. and the answer to that
0: prayer is always yes 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 yeah thank you for sharing yeah i hope that somebody out there is listening and, and yeah. doesn't know who um, you are lord and that they did convert their life to you um well anything else you want to share with our our listeners before we sign off how uh, can people connect with you oh uh
1: well they can go to the church's website um the org. a-l-t-a-r
0: a-l-t-a-r the altar org. you are in tennessee <laughs> the, the altar
1: that <laughs> sounds like i'm saying all tire with all tire yeah that's a good
0: store yeah go yeah.
1: down to all go down sure. to the altar yeah <laughs> <laughs> go to the org, and uh they can find out more about me and the church and
0: how yeah to connect and everything like that and um sunday mornings 10 o'clock sunday mornings 10 o'clock Come on down. East Market Street. East Market market Street. Yeah. Yeah. Great spot to be. Great yes, spot sir. to be. Well, thank you for spending time with me. Thanks for coming in. Oh, thanks for my being pleasure. my friend. Of course. Thanks for calling somebody's Johnson got, City. Somebody's, somebody's got, got a burden to, <laughs> to bear. And so, uh, yeah, thanks for calling Johnson City home. You've been an amazing addition to our community. Oh, thank you. I can't thank you enough for what you're doing. And um, I just pray that the Lord continues to bless you, allows you to flourish, allows your church to grow, allows you to just serve our community well and help the hurting and to help fathers and husbands and just um, – yeah, thank you for what you're doing, buddy. I, oh, I love course. you and I'm 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 encouraged by you and thank, thank you. Man. Thanks for spending time together. And say, thank you all for listening. And until next time, I'm Colin Johnson with the Colin and Carly Group and Keller Williams Realty. And if you ever need to buy a home or sell a home or want to call Johnson City your new home because you listen to a wagon wheel song or because the Lord is calling you here most likely, call me. I'd love to help you and um, I will introduce you to my friend Maddie Montgomery. Thanks and have a great day.